0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: You are Locked On Sun Devils, your daily podcast
2: on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Sun Devils fans, it is a Friday edition of the Lockdown Sun Devils podcast. We are joined today by one of our favorite special guests who's been on the podcast before. But today, we're going to be talking about the state of the Sun Devils basketball team, also getting into the early signing day news, as well as general thoughts on the 2022 class, and then also talking about uh, the Vegas Bowl and our thoughts against our chances with Wisconsin. This episode is always free and available on all platforms, so thank you so much for listening to us and making us your first listen. This episode is also brought to you by NetSuite, the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control over your financials, NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. Richie, Friday, my man, we are, are doing pretty well. Uh, is, is it just you and me on the podcast today? No, we're being joined
0: by the Sundouble expert himself, our favorite guy over at
1: it, all. All, all state, correct. Over at All State, <laughs> no. either works.
2: Either works at this point, you know. Just help. No. Get Please, my name. No, up there.
0: We, we present you our our favorite guest in the whole world, Donnie Drew. And Donnie, how are you doing today? I'm
2: great, Richie. Thank you for asking. Uh, I've been called a lot of things in, in my time on this planet. Expert might be one of the better ones. So uh, I, I think I'll stick with that.
0: I call you a handsome devil sometimes. That's for sure. Handsome sun devil, that is. Ooh.
1: Ooh.
0: Okay. All right.
1: I see you, Connor. Speaking of handsome Sun Devils, you can find us all on Twitter. You can find me at Cedrios. You can find Richie Bradshaw. What? What? That was good. Come on. That was was good. All right. Find Richie Bradshaw at Richie Brads with a Z36. Donnie, where can our good friends find you as well as your Twitter page on Twitter? At
2: Donnie Druin and then at all Sun Devils. Perfect.
1: Uh, and then you can also find our uh, podcast at LO underscore Sun Devils. And then remember we have content that comes out Monday through Friday, never miss an episode, click that subscribe button. Uh, that way you get notification when we release an episode uh, you can find us on Google podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Odyssey app. Donnie, Sun Devils basketball. We might've talked to you about them once before, and that was probably like the bear beating the season, maybe even in the previous season. So uh, a lot's happened. Uh, Richie had stared at me a little bit yesterday. I, I started the, the podcast off yesterday by saying the Sun Devils are going streaking, right? Three-game win streak. Is that not totally
2: appropriate? I mean, uh, just in terms of wordplay and in being uh, historically accurate, yeah. Absolutely, a three-game win streak. The first of the season, by the way, too. I
1: also mentioned that on Lockdown uh, uh, Pac-12 today with Cindy Robinson. So definitely go give that episode a listen if you haven't listened to that yet as well. Uh, this basketball team has been... Essentially disappointing, right?
2: Yeah. But at
1: the same time, like last week, week or so, they're they're starting to get a little bit of that character. They're starting to to mesh a little bit. Marcus Bagley is not back in the lineup, but over the three game win streak and over their next couple games, general thoughts on the season so far, where they've excelled, maybe where uh, they have some weaknesses that they still need to figure out.
2: Yeah, I feel like this team might be uh, the kid who, like, acts really bad, just like behavior-wise, but gets good grades, right? Like, you you know something is there, but just time after time, you're like, what are you doing? And I feel like that's exactly the case with the Sun Devils basketball team. I mean, this same team, the the same team that went to Oregon and won in Oregon for the first time in 10 years – Defeated the Ducks in overtime, currently on a three-game winning streak. It's the same team that lost to UC Riverside on a three-quarter court buzzer beater. The same team that got pounded by Washington State at home. By far, the worst basketball game I've ever seen. The the worst game. Guys, I I watched middle school basketball. I've seen better play middle school basketball. That was the worst basketball game I've ever seen. But then you also have to take into account, like you said before, like how you prefaced it, Marcus Bagley has been out for coming up on a month now, I believe. Um, hasn't really played. His team had nine new players on the team, uh, you know, as opposed to last year, three of them being transfers. I mean, there was going to be a lot of kind of those like growing pains, right? And sure. I don't think it necessarily helped that the Sun Devils loaded the early portion of the schedule with tough games i mean they, they went on the road to san diego state they played in the battle for atlantis where they played tournament teams such as baylor syracuse and chicago loyola yep, yep. and then just recently to to uh mark their third game of the third game winning streak they went on the road to be a very good creighton blue jays team who again is going to make the tournament and i believe had an eight and two record before the sun devils went and had defeated them in omaha as well
1: uh, it, it,
2: it's your typical bob bobby hurley team a lot of really good guard play. I think we can all agree here. DJ Horan has been a phenomenal bright spot for his team. I mean, such a wonderful shooter, such the the engine, the cog that keeps this team going. I brought up Marion Jackson the last time I was on this podcast as a, a guy that we would really like to see get going. He started to get going a little bit. I mean, he's leading the team in assists per game right now as we speak, and just you you see the the foundation there you saw the early games in which the Arizona State Sun Devils lost in the the early portion of the season kind of uh, lift the team up and taught them how to battle through some of that adversity. You're already seeing it pay dividends. The overtime win at Oregon, the very, very close win at Creighton. So there's hope, right? You're starting to see just a little bit, especially whenever Bagley comes back as well. I mean, there's pretty much hope that this team could potentially make the NCAA tournament and guys three games through the, the season you know to start 2021 I don't think any of us are saying that
0: no not at all so a couple things first of all you brought up DJ Horn me and Connor are big fans of DJ Horn yep. to the point Donnie yep. he is the Darian Butler of this mm. podcast for basketball D- uh, DJ Horn forgot. but on the topic of Marcus Bagley I was talking to Connor about this earlier in the week and I believe it was yesterday or it might've been the day before we were talking about Marcus Bagley and the impact that he has on this team. And we haven't really gotten to see it. We've seen two games where I mean, he had, he was averaging 15 points a game. He was really looking good. Like that centerpiece, he gets injured in the third game. We haven't seen him since. Do you think that having Marcus Bagley wins us at least one more game and gives us a winning record right now? Cause we're sitting five and six.
1: If you if were to play over the last 11 games, you mean?
0: Yeah. So if, if he had not missed any time, you put Marcus Bagley on this team, is it a winning record? Because at, the, at this point, point, one game is the difference between winning and losing.
2: I think the games might have been better. If you look at the, the games they lost, they weren't beating Baylor. They, no, the they, they,
1: they, they were close with Syracuse, right? And then the other two games they got blown out. They
2: were they were close with Syracuse. Now, granted, in the Battleford Linus tournament, I do think Arizona State played Baylor better than any of the other teams that Baylor had ran into. So if you want that moral victory carved into a trophy somewhere, sure, have at it. Um, I mean, they also played teams like UC Riverside, who it took a a three-quarters buzzer beater to beat Arizona State. I mean, the the odds of that shot happening again. I mean, you can give that kid 100 more opportunities, and I don't think he's going to hit a single one of them. But you are what your record is, right? The Suns aren't quite 500. I just don't think Bagley would have like made a really big difference in a ton of those games, maybe at best 500. But I also want to bring this point up to you, gentlemen. I think the presence or lack thereof of Marcus Bagley has kind of forced forced his team to play a little bit more together, right? Like Bagley, their leading scorer heading into the year. Whenever the Sun Devils needed the bucket in the first three games of the season, who do they go to? Marcus Bagley, and maybe that might be because, you know, he's kind of the the guy in Tempe. Um, the new transfers such as Horn and Jackson and Luther Mohammed still kind of get used to everybody, right? But once Bagley got taken out of the equation, I think they all looked at each other and they're like, look, we need to play as a team. We need to figure this out. So whether it be DJ Horn splashing through his beyond the arc, whether it be Marion Jackson weaving through defenses and kicking out the guys like Kamani Lawrence or, uh, you know, sliding the ball inside to uh, Enoch Bocci, whoever it might be, I I really feel like a more team aspect has developed from the absence of Marcus Bagley. I don't think you're a better team without Marcus Bagley, but I do think the absence of him has kind of helped force those guys to play a little bit more team ball. That's kind of what you're you're echoing what we said earlier in the
1: podcast this week. So really quick, you had mentioned that Bagley's averaging like 15 points a game. He's only averaging like 10 points a game in 15 15 career games played because he played three this year, 12 last year. I don't think he makes this team weaker. It's just, is he going to be a hundred percent when he comes back? Is he going to give this team a, a much better chance on offense? With every, every possession that they have probably, but how much better of a chance are we talking? Cause overall this team on offense has has felt pretty inept outside of a couple of players. And even then it's been a little streaky. Uh, Kamani Lawrence has been pretty hot for most of the season, but even he's seen his down games, DJ horn, as you had said, uh, has really been one of the, the uh, main bright spots, but, I feel like it's almost more based on volume versus just straight up efficiency. Uh, but he's definitely been very good. Jay Heath has been solid. But outside of that, like you're getting contributors, which is definitely nice to have. But it's not every game, and it's 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 just kind of rotating. So when he comes back, we'll see their next couple of games. They go up against San Francisco, who is currently ten and zero, I believe. Uh, and then they get a, a nice easier game against what is it, Florida A and M, uh, and they're like two two and seven, two and eight, or something off the top of my head, I think. So. After that, you kind of get a murderer's row uh, as far as your, your Pac-12 games once that really gets gone, because you get – I think you go to USC, to UCLA, and then you get U of A at home, and none of them are ranked outside the top ten. And to be honest, I'm not sure any of them are, are going to be once we have to play them. So uh, a lot of time for the, this team to still gel, like you had mentioned, Donnie. I think that's super important from what they've had to face so far. So hopefully when Bagley does come back to the lineup, they – in a perfect world. They don't skip a beat. Uh, A lot of the role players who have seen more time or have seen more shot attempts, they still have that confidence that's kind of been instilled with them over the last, what, eight games or so. Uh, But we'll see. You you mentioned uh, tournament talk already, and I'm not going to lie, that makes me a little nervous. uh, If they're playing well now, that's great. There's still so much time left in this season. There is. So much. Which is still, it's a blessing, right? That is still a blessing and a curse because so much more can still go wrong for these Sun Devils, but at the same time, I'm like, oh, that, that is that is the half-class full, or I guess half-class empty uh, kind of outlook. But there, there's still so much that can go wrong. But at the same time, if they can hit their stride a little bit, they get Marcus Bagley back. Who knows what can happen? They're not going to win the Pac-12. They're, but but maybe they can be more competitive than what they have been so far this year.
2: Right. and I, I don't think expectations for Bobby Hurley and, and Tempe, at least, was to win the Pac-12, not with basketball programs like Arizona, like Oregon, like UCLA, still kind of hanging there. And I I know we got to jump to the next topic here in a couple seconds, but I do want to bring this up. Do you, and this is me asking you guys, do you think whenever Marcus Bagley does come back, that that might throw off the rhythm of everybody else a little bit, just naturally, not, not, not him being a selfish player, just naturally putting a piece of the puzzle somewhere where it used to fit, but doesn't necessarily fit anymore. Right. Because because they've adjusted, right. You know, they've all kind of taken on their roles without Marcus Bagley. And I, granted, I think they, like I said a little bit earlier, are playing more as a team, but I don't think that necessarily makes them better. So my question for you guys is, do you think whenever Bagley comes back, if, and when, you know, that is, what's going to happen is he going to slide in perfectly or do you think there's going to be another adjustment period at a time where the sun devils really can't afford that adjustment period to continue
0: unfortunately it's going to be one of those things where if they do have to adjust it's midseason, and you you can almost like sink hopes of trying to get to the tournament so you you can't allow this to completely alter your game plan but at the same time It's hard to think that it doesn't because Bagley is so talented and because he was so important to your team coming into this year. You know that Hurley's going to want to get him back on the court for 30-plus minutes. And he is your most talented player. He is your best shooter. You you want him on the court. Unfortunately, it's just going to sub out guys like, are we going to see as much DJ Horn? Are we going to see Marion start getting hot and taking more of his shots? Uh, What's the shuffle look like? So that that's going to be the biggest question mark. There is trying to figure out what to do moving forward and then obviously figure out why Archie likes to flop his ears so much.
1: It's podcast time. You know, that's, that's the signal. Yes, it is. So with that, we're going to move a little bit on to uh, another segment of the podcast here. Now we're going to be talking specifically about the the early signing period for the 2022 class, getting some general thoughts uh, over that as well. You're listening to locked on Sundays podcast.
0: This is it, the putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship's yours, but on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your finances, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite, and over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite. And right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA. Head to NetSuite.com slash NCAA for special end-of-the-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses.
1: NetSuite.com slash NCAA. This episode of Locked On Sunnivs is brought to you by Stance. Founded in 2009, Stance Apparel represents a radical renovation of socks, underwear, and active apparel. With a sharp focus on comfort, quality, and creativity, Stance brings an atypical aesthetic alongside some of pop culture's hottest collaborators for the ultimate in style and self-expression. Because everything you wear should be a direct extension of who you are and how you feel. What are your favorite designs? Some could be uh, collaborators like Wu-Tang Clan, Batman, the Goonies, Star Wars, The Office, and so much more. What Stance Apparel do you like to wear the most? I-, I know it's definitely their beanies. They have so many beanies that I love to choose from with all of these different collaborators. The softness and comfortable uh, factor for all of their apparel is off the charts. And it's something that you have to try for yourself. Specifically, what I like about them is also the quality, right? Not every shirt or any uh, apparel company, not all their clothing is made equal. So it's something that you absolutely have to try. And then when I, I try to tell other friends and family about Stance Apparel, they don't believe me at first. But once they actually see me wearing the clothing, they believe me as well. Stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in that those who feel good, do good. Go see for yourself, register for an account at stance.com and get 50% off your first purchase. Use promo code Locked On at checkout to apply. Enjoy the color and comfort of a less ordinary life with Stance. We are back with the Locked On Sun Devils podcast, talking to you about the 2022 signing class as far as early signing day that was on Wednesday, I believe. A lot, a lot of news around college football, Uh, specifically a cornerback whose name I I can't remember, but going to, is it Jackson, Jackson State? Yep. Jackson. Oh, you're talking about the number
0: one recruit. Yeah. I'm not sure of his name off the top of my head either. The number one, one or two corner, depending on uh, uh, essentially who you talk to, but for for what it's worth though, like just my personal bias, it couldn't have happened to a better school. Travis Hunter. Travis Hunter, there that's you go. right. Travis to Hunter. spurn Florida State like that, oh, I'm a, I'm a fan. Not only,
2: did, not only was it Florida State, former Florida State football player Deion Sanders did it to him. Yeah. yeah,
1: exactly.
0: Yep, yep, yep. Florida State
2: legend,
1: yep. Deion Sanders. Twitter was absolutely livid if you were in the right threads. Uh, Arizona State's early signing day period, not, not quite as exciting. They, they've had some recruits – Several have left, essentially decommitted verbally within the last month, month or two. Other players on this team have obviously transferred. We talked about Tommy Hill leaving to go to, to Illinois. Uh, big recruits for ASU. Not not a ton. They, they've kind of got one diamond in the rough in Tevin White at the moment. Everything else, it, it kind of just feels like their they're bodies to hopefully fill a rotational pl- uh, place, which, to be fair, a lot of these kids, if they're not transfer students, haven't played a, a snap at any sort of college practice yet, so I, I don't want to I don't want to knock them down just yet, but at at the moment, the signing class for 2022 does not look incredibly promising for the Arizona State Sun Devils. Donnie, general thoughts on anyone who has signed so far. Is there anybody else maybe outside of Tevin White who's caught your eye? We've talked a little bit on this podcast about some upcoming players, uh, specifically one in Cyrus Moss, who we're waiting to see if he's going to sign uh, on Friday. Uh, And then I know there's another big wide receiver in there who we can talk about as well. But otherwise, anyone who's already committed to this team Uh, Anyone else stand out to you besides Tevin White?
2: Guys, I got to be really honest. This class is very underwhelming, extremely underwhelming. And uh, we kind of knew something along these lines was going to happen uh, whenever the NCAA investigation first kind of hit in middle June of this year. But guys, it's not just for Arizona State, the entire Pac-12 as well. Off the top of your guys' heads right now, do you know who had the number one class in the Pac-12? I'm going to guess USC. Stanford. Stanford stanford interesting i would stanford have right that. now yeah. right now and granted it, it's still the early signing period right I, still a whole I, I, lot of recruits left yeah at the moment though stanford cardinal number one 22 commits seven of those being four star players richie brought up the USD trojans usc has six commits six commits but they do have the conference's only five star commit committed to them at this time obviously national assignment date february 2nd heading to next year a lot of time for that to change, but not exactly a glowing um, review or start for the Pac-12 conference. I mean, the Pac-12, along with the ACC, was the only Power 5 conferences to have two teams that signed 20 recruits. For example, the SEC had nine. Wow. I mean, just the, the, the lack of recruiting power. And hopefully a coach like Lincoln Riley can fix this, is what the Pac-12 conference is kind of you know hoping for, that kind of stuff like that. to get fixed here in Tempe. Yeah. <laughs> Moving to Tempe, though, obviously, Connor, you already alluded to Tevin White. Uh, there's a lot of buzz about him. And, you know, deservedly so. I mean, especially with uh, Chip Trainum joining Rashad White and leaving the team next year. Daniel Wangada, I-, I like him. I-, I think he's a solid running back. But football, especially in Arizona State, shifting more towards that, the, the two running back dual backfield to where you're not putting the load on any specific guy, especially with a team that runs the ball so much like Arizona state does. I, I definitely feel like he fits more of that Rashad white role, you know, a guy who can definitely catch the ball out of the backfield by no means is that a comparison, but just to give an idea of the great listeners of locked on sun devils. Yeah. You, you're looking at the guy who can definitely be dynamic out of the backfield. Other than that, really the only other argument you can make for a guy to have somewhat of an impact here at Tempe? And like you said, Connor, a whole lot of time. We could be dumb. We could be wrong. Possibly both. Kicker That's Carter that- Brown. Kicker Carter Brown, a uh, top six prospect at his position. And I know a lot of people are going to be like, why are you talking about a kickers? How many times has kicking this year come back to buy Arizona State in, in the behind?
1: I have a more fun question. Yes. How many ground balls has Logan Tyler kicked this year? Oh,
2: no. Great. His girlfriend's going to in into DMs, DMs and yell DMs. at you now. DMs. Good job. His
1: girlfriend sent you on Twitter. Good job.
2: Me, zero, personally. I got one. I'm not as lucky as you, though. <laughs> got one. <laughs> uh, Carter Brown. We, we,
1: we talked uh, a little bit about Carter Brown as, as well yesterday. Uh, mm-hmm. College kickers, not exactly the, the best position I feel like in all college sports, but when you have a good kicker, like It it absolutely makes a difference. So um, not having a guy you can rely on is not fun. So hopefully he can have an impact. Is it going to be next year? Maybe, but we'll see. Uh, It also looks like Kevin Coleman is somebody else who is considering uh, Arizona State, four-star wide receiver. We'll we'll see how that shakes up, right? With Zach Hill currently staying with uh, the team, you had already mentioned that they, they look like they're still sticking with the offense as far as kind of running out two different running backs out there. Uh, Nagata is definitely someone that we've kind of championed on this podcast. Definitely a guy we like, but he's not going to fill the Rashad White role. It, well, uh, to his full degree. And, and that's kind of unfair to even put that on him. Right. Just, just like Tevin White coming in here, is he going to have a great uh, freshman season? Maybe. Uh, Chip Trainum came in here his, uh, I guess, really only four games, but dominated in those four games. So mm-hmm. if we can get some uh, production from him, that's going to go a long way, I feel like, for this offense. But you got a lot of seniors leaving in this defense, a lot. Your definitely. entire linebacking core, several outside corners, uh, Tyler Johnson along the defensive line. Now you obviously do get Jermaine Lole, who's coming back, um, so, which will definitely help. But outside of like Eric Gentry stepping in at the linebacker position, like you've got a lot of opening spots to fill, and I'm not sure you quite have the horses to do it.
2: Yeah, and not yet. And that's why I did want to preface that, the, the statement, you know, following the Pac-12 and – Exactly how not bad, but not as good as they could be doing. A lot of time left for these kids to ch- either change their mind or like commit to the program. Obviously, the, the numbers are going to be boosted, but as it stands right now, it's just overall terrible, terrible showing by the Pac-12, and even worse by Arizona State. Uh, I, I think they ranked 11th out of 12th so far according to the uh, 24/7 Sports as composite rankings. One guy I did kind of want to touch on though. And this was interesting because he had actually, I believe, flipped his commitment from Maryland to Arizona State on National Early National assignment. Excuse me, Bennett Meredith, a quarterback from Alabama, um, played at that Hoover High School program. You know, notorious for churning out Crimson Tide players. I believe they run a pro style offense. So you know, I think if anybody is going to have more of that kind of know for what the college game is going to be like, it might be a guy like Bennett Meredith. Um, I'm not quite sure if he's going to be the guy after Jaden leaves, Um, and I I think it might be a good thing that Jaden is coming back for another season, because if you do have hope in Meredith, let him sit for a year, kind of let him get his feet settled here in Tempe, and then after that, move forward, and then you're able to have Meredith as a starter for an offense, and hopefully Zach Hill is still potentially there as well. Um, but he's only a three-star guy, so you don't want to pin all of the expectations of the world on him. But aside from Meredith Brown and Tevin White, it's an overall lackluster outing on national signing day, the early portion of it at least. So, so let me ask you
0: this. Mm-hmm. The, the Cyrus Moss situation, where he has narrowed down his commitment to the following schools. I don't know if you've been following this at all. Nope. But Cyrus Moss defensive end narrowed his – his choices down to Alabama, USC, Oregon, Miami, and Arizona State. So one of these things is not like the other.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> if if Arizona State pulled this off and landed Cyrus Moss, who is like a four-star, kind of a fringe five-star, how does this change the dynamic and the the overall thoughts towards this recruiting class?
2: I think kids are magnets. I think once they see a prominent guy go through a program, other guys start to take notice. And one example I want to give here, Bennett Meredith. Bennett Meredith was very close to committing to Maryland. A couple of AAC recruits hopped on the train, got Bennett to take a visit out here, and all of a sudden Bennett Meredith on early national sign Day commits to Arizona State. You know why Bennett committed to Arizona State? Because the efforts of all the rest of the kids – in his recruiting class that's exactly how it is i think and a big portion of this was um no the the self-recruiting not even by the the coaches um funny topic with the ncaa investigation going on by the way uh but it's just the players themselves doing it one thing i do want to bring up though and richie already pointed it out one of these things is not like the other guys
0: miami what's miami doing in there look (laughs)
2: Yo. <laughs> if, if I'm a kid and my main goal is to get to the NFL or even have a good college football career and you you're know. giving me choices between Alabama, Miami, whatever other five-star school than Arizona State, it's a pretty easy choice, right? Like, let, let, let's not BS. Let's not kid ourselves. I think it was generous of you to put
0: Miami there because, honestly, it's Alabama and everyone else. I, do, I don't know what oh, size no, it it looking is. for. Yeah. But
2: Miami still has that prestige to him, you know, especially with crystal ball going there. Hey, he's going to recruit the hell out of that area.
0: There, and there is the interesting argument of, are you going to get your playing time? So maybe yep. the reason he hasn't committed to Alabama is because he may not be promised a starting role. And I mean, we've seen it time and time again, it took forever for five-star guys that the game the, the guy I always, always remember is Deshaun hand. He was like one of the five best prospects in the country when he was coming into Alabama didn't see the field until like halfway through his junior year so it honestly surprised it didn't transfer obviously he bought into the winning program and what Nick Saban was putting out there it's easy to do that but when it comes to Alabama there, it, there is a lot of competition so for what it's worth maybe that's the reason why Cyrus didn't commit to
1: Alabama the moment they called him it, maybe and you go ahead I was going to say, it definitely could be. We're, we're going to move on to the, the last part of the podcast here today. Uh, so so definitely, definitely could be. I, I think at the end of the day, if ASU is maybe giving him more money in scholarships, Richie, as you had talked about with uh, potentially more playing time, a lot of factors are going into it. I don't think he's not interested in Arizona State. I, I would be willing to bet we're not his first choice. We'll just see how that all shakes out. Uh, and by the time this podcast actually comes out, hopefully by the end of day Friday, we'll hear where he lands. So if he does end up signing with ASU, uh, we'll definitely have some more, uh, we'll have a, an emergency podcast coming out about that for you guys. Uh, but with that, we're, we're going to move on to the last portion of the podcast today, talking about the biggest pull against the Wisconsin Badgers. You're listening to the Lockdown On podcast.
0: This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar. Built bar filled with so much holiday goodness, rich and decadent flavors, covered in chocolate but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs and fat, and high in protein. You get the best of both worlds and they're so delicious and healthy with so many different flavors too. Will you have raspberry or mint brownie? Cherry or double chocolate? Cookies and cream or peanut butter brownie? Built Bar gives you that extra fuel you need to bust down those mall doors and battle all the holiday shoppers. Or if you're just standing in endless shopping lines, Built Bar can give you that extra something to keep you going. So throw one in your jacket or purse. You never know when you're going to need it. Like some of those marshmallowy treats around the holidays, you need to get your hands on Built Bar Puffs. They're light, fluffy, and marshmallowy through and through. Different flavors, all covered in chocolate. Tastes so good, you won't believe they're filled with protein. So here's the deal. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's days.com.
1: We are back for the last portion of the Locked On Sundays podcast, talking to our good friend Donnie Drew in front of the pod. Now we're going to be talking about the Vegas bowl against the Wisconsin Badgers. This game, I, I'm not going to lie, I wouldn't say I felt great about it going into it. Now, with quite a few starters it, already opting out, you're missing both your outside corners. Uh, you're missing Rashad White. Did we lose the linebacker already, or no? Uh, or we're going to lose the linebacker, probably, maybe.
0: Who knows? No, we haven't lost them yet. But me and Connor personally are anticipating Darian Butler and Merlin Robinson to sit out.
1: Depending on who maybe gets their senior bowl invites, we'll see. I mean, the games uh, games in just under two weeks, right? Uh, from today. So, yeah. So um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. But you already you're missing Chase Lucas, Jack Jones, and Rashad White. Rashad White's been the guy that's made this this offense move the entire season long so which is, is we've been saying it's great because we'll get to see Daniel Nagata in a, a bigger role because Chip Trainum's not going to be playing while you won't have Tevin White out there we'll get to see more of what uh of what Nagata can do um against a team that doesn't necessarily like to pass the ball as well it might not be a huge factor that you're missing your two top corners but at the same time definitely two talented guys you don't want missing on your defense
2: Absolutely, yeah, and I'm really interested to watch this game because I think this is a perfect opportunity for Jaden Daniels to let it fly. The offense is not going to be going through Rashad White. The offense will not be going through Chip Traynham. You still, for the most part, have majority of your passing weapons that you're going to have next year. You're playing against a Wisconsin team that historically pretty solid at running the ball, playing keep away from you, so whenever you do get the ball, you do need to make the most of your opportunities. I think this can be a game for Jaden Daniels to just go out there and just let the ball sling one more time. Showcase your arm talent. Show what you can do after arguably your worst season to date. I I just, I I think all the dominoes have kind of fallen in that way to where Daniels, now that we know for sure that Zach Hill's going to be around for another year, can hopefully, you know, start to get some momentum going into the offseason, which will hopefully get some momentum going into the season for 2022.
0: To a certain extent, it almost feels like this game is going to be an audition for Jaden's role next year. Are you gonna Are you gonna stay in the same role of like a game manager who's good at extending the play and running and running, taking off with your legs? But I mean, you're going to be very limited in what you can do in the offense. Or are you going to prove that you can be what we saw your first year in change, where you looked like a difference maker throwing the football and you looked like you had this potential to. Be an NFL caliber player. So that, it, to a certain extent, Donnie, it feels like he's going to be, he's going to be trying himself out again and trying to prove to the Sun Devils organization, Hey, I'm coming back for my senior year and you're going to get a lot more than this year, this year. No, anomaly, anomaly. Forget about it. It's in the trash. I'm already moved on. It's, it's the, uh, it's. Uh, uh, Richie's brain is broken. So I'll we'll be stalling for him in the meantime, the Eminem relapse album. Oh geez, and and then he comes out with recovery, and he's like, "Nah, that album's in my trash."
1: Uh, I mean, yeah, but so we're, we're gonna we're we are going to we have not done a full blown preview of the game against Wisconsin just yet. The only thing we've really kind of talked about are some of the players who have opted out, as well as the betting odds. The betting odds have already been released for this game, but, which is interesting. It, it's so far in advance, but ASU's only is a, a seven point underdog as of right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had talked about that. Rich and I had differing opinions. ASU being seven-point underdogs, does that make you feel good or no?
2: Uh, make me feel good in what way?
1: Uh, as in, if you bet on Wisconsin to cover, how good do you feel about that?
2: I'd feel really good. <laughs> I, I would feel really good if, if I'm putting money on any team in any bet for that game. It's going to be Wisconsin to cover to have seven points. I mean, the, the, the entire engine, Arizona State's offense is now gone. It, 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 along with the the backup engine, the the transmission and Chip train them, you have two of your the, your two outside corners skipping the ball game, and yeah, you already right, so you already kind of had problems with defending the pass. But now your top two corners are out. Jaden Daniels, as much as we've talked about loving to see the opportunity of letting him fly, has played terrible this year and you can't run the football now. Yeah, I would absolutely love to push the mortgage on Wisconsin going into this game.
1: I I think at the time, I think both Jack Jones and Chase Lucas were still planning on playing. Uh, So I'm curious how that line has moved as of now. I I would expect by the day, uh, essentially by December 30th, That game's got to be at like, what, 11 and a half, 12 and a half, at least in Wisconsin's favor. If not, I'm definitely going to be taking Wisconsin to cover in that that scenario. So uh, only seven-point underdogs. We've been watching this team all year. We are never smarter than Vegas. We are never smarter than Vegas. You might think you are, but it hardly ever works out that way. So I'm glad to think that uh, they might know something that we don't. And, And ASU is going to be a little bit more competitive in this game. I'm definitely looking forward to it, to a a plethora of reasons, right? I'm bummed we're not going to get to see Rashad White play for one more game, but that's the right call for him. We're going to look forward to him playing in the NFL. Uh, Bummed we're not going to get to see Jack Jones or Chase Lucas, longtime favorite, uh, uh, or at least the last four or five years, of some Sun Devil fans. So it's going to be a new era for the Sun Devils team. It's not like they've been dominant in the Firm Edwards era. They've They've been solid to good we might get a snapshot of what the next couple of years are going to look like. And I'm not sure I'm going to feel overly comfortable about that.
2: So what I really want to see out of this bowl game and guys, I think both all three of us can agree. I don't think Arizona state winning this bowl game moves mountains in any sort of the meaning, right? I, I don't think a, a win in the Las Vegas bowl will propel this team to great heights, great standards. And with that line of thinking, I, I, I think you're it out. I think you absolutely change the offensive mindset. I I I think you barely hand the ball off to Ngata. I think you put I think you put Dandles in a position to put on a show. And you really, really see what's in him. Because either A, he's gonna go out, he's gonna make some really nice throws, or B, he's gonna kind of falter and collapse like he has all season. And then Better point too, there's been a lot of debate about whether or not the onus should be on Jaden's receivers to step up and make plays, or if it should be on Jaden Daniels. I think a bowl game against Wisconsin is a perfect opportunity to see what the offense will look like heading into twenty twenty two and whether or not the problem actually is Jaden or if it's just the guys he's throwing the football to.
0: So knowing what we know about Wisconsin, they they really seem like a carbon copy of Arizona State, but a little better. Their defense rock solid, can't pass the football to save their life, and they got a dominant, dominant run game that's spearheaded by Braylon Allen. So let me let me ask you this: focusing on Arizona State's defensive side of the ball, who provided there's no more, no more opting out. Let's say that the roster we're looking at right now is who's going to be playing. Who are you saying needs to be the best player on the defense in order to just eliminate whatever Wisconsin wants to do offensively.
2: It's got to be DJ Davidson. We know what guys like um, Darian Butler can do. We know what guys like Swelly can do basically the entire linebacking core. We know what they can do. We know what the defensive ends can do. And we've seen really good bits and pieces of what the secondary can do. Granted, Lucas won't be there. Jones won't be there but you got to stop Wisconsin. I mean, they they are putting offensive linemen into the NFL draft every single year. Like, I don't know what they have in the water at Wisconsin, but I need some. Like, I really, really do. In order to stop the Badgers from establishing the run and kind of beating you at your own game, it all starts up front. And in order to free up those linebackers, those great linebackers that make play after play for you, you're going to need to clog run lanes and you're going to need to take double teams in order to free those guys up. Who better than DJ Davidson, who has done that exact same thing time and time again for Arizona State to show up big time in the Las Vegas Bowl in the brand new league stadium and help his guys in the back end go and make plays. The, the, the defensive lineman's position, especially at defensive tackle, is not a glamorous job. You are not going to fill up the box score night in and night out. But if you do your job correctly, everybody else eats, and in turn, you eat as well. Couldn't, couldn't agree more.
1: Uh, speaking of, of Legion Stadium, are you going to be there for the Vegas Bowl? Yes. Okay.
0: Very nice. Me and Donnie will be will be repping the All Sun Devils page and the
1: Locked On Sun Devils
2: podcast.
1: Well, there you have it. There's everything from Donnie Druin as far as the current state of the basketball team and everything going on with the football team as well. You can find Donnie Druin at Donnie Druin for his personal Twitter page and then find everything for Arizona State on SI at all sun devils you can find richie and i on twitter that's at richie brads with a z36 and find me at c drios you can also follow our lockdown sun devils twitter page that's at lo underscore sun devils we also have content that comes out monday through friday never miss an episode uh always click that subscribe button and you'll get that notification for when a new episode drops but thank you so much for making us your first listen every day now make your second listen locked on bets they're going to be your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on bets hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. You keep it locked on right here with the locked on Sun us podcast.
2: The NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to locked on college basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait.